Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Adrell from Knockout Boxing in Paso Robles, California. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much. I'm, it's, it's a good day to be here today. All right. Awesome. Okay, so let's just jump right into the details here. How did we get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? Well, uh, for the most part, I started boxing at a young age. My dad started teaching me martial arts to start with, and he started teaching me how to hit the bag. And one day he said, hey, Adrell, let's do this combo. I said, no, Dad, I, I can't because I punch twice as hard as I kick. And he started laughing at me. He said, well, show me what you got, kid. So we, I showed him, and he took me to a gym. I actually couldn't punch twice as hard, obviously. He took me <laughs> to a gym, and I saw these guys in the gym and they were they're they were all working out it was in san jose california and it was pretty busy that day and there was a lot of people and i, I was looking around i was like wow most kids would be like i'm gonna be champion of the world man and i thought i was like man i want that boxer ring i want the heavy bag i was starting to think i want all this equipment right here you know eventually i just started i like to com- uh, collect things because my dad had a dojo in the house so i like to have stuff like that yeah so, it was just something obviously I just grew up with trying to have, you know, and, and in my boxing experience, I started in like 1992 to about 2000 amateurs and I had the 110 fights and it was substantial and I had lots of championships and I, all I wanted to do was keep the dream alive, you know, and, and I just trained people on the side out of the garages at their own boxing gyms, but I never had my own. Got it. Okay. I finally got my own. And when mm-hmm. I got my own, I met a woman who told me, you know, I need to believe in myself. And eventually I ended up marrying her, by the way. Uh, <laughs> she, she really told me my self-worth because I, I started, open, I opened a facility with her. I charged $50 a month. And I, I was like, I'll train you all day, every day. You come in whenever you want. And people were just taking advantage of me. And they're just taking water bottles out of the fridge. And I was like, I was dying. I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I had to get strict. So my, my, my wife, she said, why don't you just up the price? So I said, all right, let's go to $60. <laughs> Guess what? I went to $75. And that worked for a while. And everybody was still biting, you know, taking the bait because boxing is great. And they know who I was. I was kind of a big guy in the area anyways for boxing. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever did it. So eventually, you know, one thing led to another. And I come to a thing and she, I start charging $100 an hour. I mean, $100 a month. And mm-hmm. then she, I started realizing that people are taking the bait. Wow. She said, why don't you personal train too and charge them? Cause you're just doing it for free. Oh, okay. Let's see, I'll, I'll, I'll charge $25 an hour. And everybody started taking up on my time and I was going like 15 hours a day, personal training only. Yeah. Then I had to run the gym and I had to clean it. And then I was, I was so exhausted. You know, and eventually I just upped the price. Right in this area, this is this is wine country. This is a spectator area, so mm-hmm. people don't really want to do this, but they have money. Right. So I'll, I'll start with seventy-five dollars. Mm-hmm. 
for for a few sessions. Now, right now at the moment, I'm doing $140 for four sessions. And that's a really good deal because think of where we are. We're in wine country. We're in we're in tourist area. There's really no boxing that's ever been in this area. And when I was boxing, I had to travel about 30 miles to get to the next town that had anything, a little tiny box gym in a garage that I went to. Mm -hmm. My dad paid like $200 a month. And I didn't know I was a kid. I know. And it was, it was 20 miles away. So I had to drive the bus every day, give give the bus a dollar to drive over the bus. And then when, when I got out of the gym, the bus didn't even run anymore. So all of a sudden, uh, I had to find a way home. Yeah. So oh, that's why when I got a gym, I built it right in the middle of town. So everybody can access to it right off the freeway. So that's my favorite part right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. All right. So now what does the structure look like within the business currently? So you're doing group classes, personal training. Are you doing semi-privates? Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to make sure I get a little bit of everything like you're saying. Uh, my, my main goal was to upgrade a little bit every little every little step of the way. My, my main upgrade was getting all the extra coaches to be able to teach different things. And the only coaches I could have were the ones that I produced as boxers who couldn't box anymore. And it was, it's been the greatest gift. And, you know, and right now I'm exactly at seven, you know, I lost one or two because of COVID or whatever, but you know, it's, it's kind of like that in the world anyways. So we're, we're trying to survive in there. Um, everybody's still wanting to work out all the time, which mm-hmm. is, and I've always been open, even through the pandemic, when, when everyone had to wear masks, I was still yep. open. Right. I, I operated normal. I took the, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now how do you structure those memberships? Are people on month to month or are they signing up for six months at a time or 12 months or what does well, that look like? I have a few different options because everybody's work schedule and lives are different. So I have mm-hmm. monthly ones and I have those set up for like a hundred dollars a month, for example. And I also have dip, like different increments of months in three months, six months, and you get better deals the more you pay for it. But mostly your time of dedication is everything. So yeah. I make sure that you come in, my people get personal training whenever they're regular gym members, but they have to be scheduled or they only, they only get like 20 minutes at a time. And then I'll come back to you in like five minutes and do another 20 minutes or something. Cause I have a lot of people. I think right, right now I'm at a uh, hundred plus uh, customers throughout the year. It, it kind of varies all the time. It changes, but you know, in this small area, nobody even knows boxing and I've been able to stay alive. And especially through the pandemic, uh, I have loyal customers. Right. Personal training facility that I hold. Absolutely. Okay. And now as far as the marketing side of things goes and getting new members in the door, how are you getting the word out there about what it is that you're doing at your facility? Well, um, one thing that it has uh, worked out for me and I don't know how to explain it, but I've done zero advertising since 2012 when I started the business and now here we are nine years later I didn't I kind of operated off of word of mouth I did grow I did have 110 boxing matches here in this area so I do have a large following of people who know me so they're all 
all the people who know me in the county and in, in the state even, they, they bring their kids to me. Like, oh, this guy's a good trainer. Let's work with him. So it's pretty much like that. And like I said, I was kind of shy. So I didn't really want everybody to know where I was. Like, if you look it up now, you won't even find the website listed on, on the internet. I am on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, mm -hmm. but I can't really get more social than that. <laughs> Which is okay. So then... You have, I'm, I'm guessing, typically this is kind of the way things are structured within a martial arts facility. So I'm guessing that you have like a competitive side of the business with yes. the boxing and then also a fitness side, more just geared toward people exactly. who are looking to get in shape. That's kind of like where I aim my, my business towards is that personal training part because that's where the money is and that keeps our, our lights on pretty much. Right. Most of the time, yes, we do have a, a competition team. I have a couple of people who are fighting pro this month month uh a guy who's trying to find a second pro fight on the 23rd and i got a girl who find her first pro fight locally here on the first of april which is in Shumash casino it's a casino so we're kind of excited to get this new rig and get going again on this platform so yeah, yeah i love that too so we're excited that is very exciting okay um so now what do goals look like for growth um, is there anything super specific that you're focused on this year as far as getting to the next level, growing the business? Well, as far as growing the business, I want to make sure that what I do have already is solidified and proven. So the two pros that we have going right now, I want to make sure that I put all my time and energy into making them be able to perform great and bringing other people into the gym to help them train, but they also get to utilize the gym as a help which is a great thing because if you've ever been to boxing gyms you can go to any box gym and just spar right and so I'm, I'm inviting lots of people from different towns and cities and they drive like 60 miles to our gym just to come spar with a few of our people and it's kind of a blessing you know because people know who we are is putting our boxing gym on the map which is kind of what i want which mm -hmm. is a little bit better than just physically advertising on a commercial Right. Everybody's part of it all of a sudden. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely multiple ways of getting the word out there about the facility. Now, are you looking to only grow the competition side of things, or are you also looking to grow the general fitness membership and personal training aspect of things as well? Um, that would be something doing the, the, the membership and everything and getting that going would definitely be ideal, but, but the candidates that run in that category are very few to none because I ha they have to be produced by someone like me. I have to trust them. I have to like them. They have to be cohesive and have boxing experience and know exactly what's required. And I only have a few people who qualify, but they don't qualify because their own, you know, it's in their mind. Okay. So, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, you know, even thinking about retirement in the future. What am I going to do? I don't know. Can I get one of my sons to get in there? Maybe right. you have to have boxing experience. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so that kind of limits you as far as the general fitness side of things goes, because you're not really willing to take anyone in. It's very specific as far as who you want in the facility essentially yeah, i can't just put a craigslist ad out and say hey i'm looking for a train just with some random trainer not only do you have to worry about whether they're 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 uh you know they, they mess with kids or not or they have experience or they even have customer service for that matter 
-hmm. it's a hard thing you know people come by once in a while not to say i don't have any coaches like that but they come they come by the dozens and they leave by the dozens and there's only the few ones that stick around which is which is why i decided to pick the people that i decided who were xboxers that i trained so they know exactly a great example right yeah absolutely that makes sense and now on the membership side of things as far as members clients goes within the general fitness side of things is that something that you're really looking to grow i would like to grow that and improve it but also you know i i, I can only do what i'm doing for so long right yeah. so i want to make sure that i have a backup and somebody to hand it down to and that's just, that's the only thing He's like, I can get as big as I want, but who's going to continue growing it? Maybe they're still in the making. Maybe my son, when he gets out of the military, he can focus on switching over, mm -hmm. but you know, there's a lot of different things that are, could happen, but I do have a few people that I put in my, in my mind about passing the gym on to, cause they're great candidates and loyal. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now um within the general fitness side of things and how many coaches or um trainers do you have working with you now well at the moment we just lost two and that was seven that i had so now um i lost two because you know one guy had kids one guy decided to start school another you know everybody's got life that's coming up right. and popping up so uh my goal is to continue um, transforming the ones that are already there, who are in my grasp, the ones that I'm already trained. Maybe they can switch over and you know make a live a little side living off of it. Because mm -hmm. uh, some of my guys were making you know some good digits, you know, it, throughout the year, you know, at least five digits, you know, and that's pretty well, you know, mm -hmm. just yeah. on the side too, on the side of the real job. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so now are the group classes that you have currently, are those maxed out as far as membership goes? Um, there's always room for improvement for everything, but yeah, the classes are pretty full sometimes for the kids. Uh, the kids classes were always packed, but once COVID hit, everybody kind of just took their kids and said, let's go this way. Yeah. So I haven't really seen kids for two years in the gym. Just just the ones that love boxing, the ones who've already been doing it. And I have a few kids that are competitive and they're under 12, you know, and they're they're boxing, they're still coming to the gym. And it's kind of great. Mm -hmm. So we know what to expect in the boxing in the boxing world, it's a small community. And we kind of all communicate on that level and we know how to how to work you know so in in the boxing world it seems like it seems like uh you know every, there's this place for everything but we're starting to become put on the map it's like oh there's a box gym right there and and they they actually handle a few pros and amateur fighters and that's kind of the goal to get there and get you know get your uh experience out there yeah 100 percent now along those lines about kind of getting the word out there and uh, letting more people know exactly what it is that you do at your facility. Have you ever done any type of advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, any type of paid advertising like that at all? I have not. I have okay. Not. 
and do you think that nine years later and I should be <laughs> I was just gonna say do you think that that's something that could kind of help you get to the next level absolutely but but like I said the, the main thing I can't really do this alone as one person I have to make sure that I have people that I trust and you know the the ones that I trust right now they come in they're not they come and go and their their schedules are not like mine you know they, they have regular jobs too so right. it's really difficult to make sure that I have somebody at all times of the day so I spend you know a lot of hours a week at the gym you know I'm in I'm there early like eight o'clock in the morning I'm gonna leave it like nine or ten o'clock at night and it, it, it's a it's a long lifestyle but kind of love it but I have a great five thousand foot square you know facility and it's it's meant for everything I got showers I got locker rooms I'm spacious but I gotta clean more toilets now yeah right so now what is the plan to bring on some more people to allow you to take that next step I mean there's there's a couple different ways that you can grow the business without hiring new people the ultimate desire that I'm trying to do is why why I'm where I'm at right now in the building that I'm in right now I just I purchased a building 2019 we moved into it uh and now it's 5,000 square feet like I said mm -hmm. and it was to have boxing matches we start hosting boxing shows and having thousands of people come from different counties and cities and uh, uh, advertising in town like that. Oh, right. like that for sure. Yeah. Get people in here. I don't care if you have boxing experience, come enjoy it. Right. And like I said, uh, we have a lot of room for the people to be able to be in there. And, and I have a kitchen in my gym and I have showers and log rooms and bathrooms. I got a barber shop in my gym. I forgot to tell you about that. Wow. Yes. Uh, my wife has been doing hair for 25 plus years. I can't even tell you what it is, but she's been doing her hair. She's a hairstylist and a barber. She's a cosmetologist. And I, I, she's getting close to the time where she's getting ready to retire. She's been doing it for so long. I say, I, I want to be able to work with you. So we built a box gym barbershop. Her barbershop is in my, it's a salon slash barbershop, but she does everything. She yeah. does color. I hate when she does perms. She does haircuts. You, and the best part about this, you can get a haircut and watch boxing. <laughs> that's Nowhere so cool. in the world can you do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool that it's within the same facility. I mean, to allow you yeah. guys to work together and then also have the two streams of revenue coming yeah. in. No. Well, eventually, I want to make sure that we got like the kitchen going too, because we got a good little kitchen in there too, and, and it's meant for boxing shows, so we can have we can serve customers and drinks and stuff like that. So okay. the dream almost yeah. came alive, but then COVID hit, and then nobody can go outside. So we're like, oh, we bought this big giant place, and nobody can come over. Right. Yeah. So the only absolutely. People who came over was the loyal, the loyal boxers. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing about my gym is I don't have to keep begging them to come back. They want to be part of the noise. They want to be part of the trade, the growth, because I, as soon as they come in the gym, I tell them this, we all train together. We all grow together. If you hang out with a bunch of people who do bad stuff, chances are you're going to do bad stuff. If you hang right. out with us, you're going to sharpen yourself and we're all going to get better as a huge group. So our group has been growing. The gym is doing that. That's a form of advertisement, I guess. I just ain't spending money on it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for absolutely. a few lunches that we had to provide. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's good. Yeah, I mean, the, the Facebook, Instagram, Google advertising is good because it is super specific as far as who you're targeting. And it's also trackable, which is nice, you know, because then you can decide you're going to spend X amount of dollars and then expect to see yeah. X amount of people walk in the door. And it really makes it uh, good, a good setup for growth. So that's definitely a helpful piece. And that would be helpful for you to get the word out there about all of the services that you provide. You know, you definitely right, are right. Um, different from, I'm sure, any facility around you. Well, um, yeah, there's no other box gyms or places where people congregate at different hours of the day. And, and my all my neighbors, because I'm in a new development of the city too. So okay. I'm in a new development. I have all new neighbors and they're always just tripping out on all the people that I got, but I got mm -hmm. great neighbors because they'll call me and they'll say, Hey, I saw a guy parking your parking lot at two o'clock in the morning, empty all the stuff out of his car and then put it back in his car and then drive away. I don't know. Thanks a lot though. Yeah. So we, we do have good neighbors. Absolutely. At least they're looking out for you. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Making, awesome. Making sour uh, faces too. What's that? It could be making sour faces too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of so much noise around here. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, something that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? Well, if you're, if you're going to open your own facility, don't expect it to be something that's going to ramp up and make millions of dollars. It takes work, and whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it because your customers will see what you put into that business, and that yes. business is you. Mm -hmm. That's where I would give them as advice. Yes, absolutely. Love that. All righty. So where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, like I said, I, I only have a few uh, uh, social media sites, but I am on Facebook as Knockout Box Gym and Fitness, and I'm on Instagram as well as Knockout Box Gym and Fitness 805, which is our area code. So right. uh, you can find us there anytime. Uh, also, like I said, you can stop by and check us out at our gym, And um, but I don't have a website, so <laughs> find me in person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, awesome. So Adrell from Knockout Boxing in Paso Robles, yeah. California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been awesome having you on the show today. You too, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, you too. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Fitness for Focus in Pennsylvania and North Carolina, Chris Russell. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dom. Thank you for having me on. 
Oh man, it is my pleasure. I'm excited. This is going to be a a big change of pace from our normal episode. And I think the listeners are going to love hearing what you're all about. So tell us about Fitness for Focus. Yeah, so uh, F4F is a gym specifically uh, designed and working with the special needs population, individuals with uh, intellectual uh, disabilities, autism, Down syndrome. And uh, there's um, three locations here in central PA. We have one in Hershey, the sweetest place on earth, as they say. And we have one in Mechanicsburg and Lancaster. And then we also have another one down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. So this is a, this is an, an involved project, a, a passion project, labor and love. Um, every cliche that you could you could throw at something like this. I think you're, you're doing something amazing. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of that, give us a little bit of a background, like where you came from so we can understand where you are now. Yeah, so I, I actually um, grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania, running all over town as a kid and, and um, never, never really thought that I'd be a gym owner later in life. But, um, you know, grew up in Hershey and uh, went to college up in um, Boston, Massachusetts and played college, college sports and went to school to be a physical education teacher and that didn't work out for me. I just kind of didn't feel like that's where I was, I was wanting to end up. Came back to PA after college and uh, did some odd jobs, learned to build, you know, paver patios and some lawn care stuff and kind of felt unfulfilled. And um, I ended up, a friend of mine was going to school with individuals with special needs and um, she was helping them behaviorally get through the day. And I ended up uh, getting a position with a company here in central Pennsylvania and doing the same thing. And the first person that I started working with, Tommy, um, 10 year old in second grade, uh, autism diagnosis. And uh, he was a fireball, but he was my, my first introduction, real introduction to working with uh, somebody with autism. Um, and I, I had done stuff and, and done, done some stuff when I was younger, you know, helping individuals with special needs. And, uh, but Tommy was my, you know, my full-time commitment, my job and going to school and helping him <clears throat> took him out to a playground one day and bounced the ball to him. Cause it's just kind of in my nature, you know, being a, an athlete and a, a phys ed, uh, studying phys ed in, in, in college to, uh, want to throw ball or something. So I took a ball and bounced it to him. It went by him and about five seconds afterwards. He, uh, he turned around and looked at it and kind of on the playground, it, you know, just had an idea. He needs a place to go and get better, better with strength, better with just everything about him, you know, his mind, eyesight. And um, that's where the idea of fitness for focus, I didn't have that name at the time, but that's where the idea of a gym for individuals with special needs was, was born and, and I started creating, you know, just what it might look like in a little notepad. And, um, and that's where everything kind of started out. So uh, I asked a couple of friends, you know, how do you start something? They were like, just start it. And I, I held a little Saturday morning, you know, get together group exercise. We had a few people come out and I, uh, I just started um, 
with maybe, I think there was like three people from that that signed up and literally from the ground just started figuring out the demographic that I was going to be working with, you know, what do they need and found out very quickly that a lot of the de demographic, um, you know, they, they might need to learn left and right before they can exercise. So uh, fitness for focus is not only, you know, just going to the gym and working out and, um, getting, getting sweaty, but we're also teaching, uh, you know, colors, numbers, reading, writing. Um, and, uh, it's been interesting to see over the years, how the fitness is kind of the meat and potatoes of it, but we've got so much going on on the sides, working on behaviors with athletes coming in, trying to get them focused on doing, uh, just, you know, and ha a half hour or an hour workout, and being able to transition back and forth between exercises. That's something that a lot of us take for granted. Uh, you know, a lot of us will go to the gym and, and we'll, we'll do three, four five different exercises or whatever you're, whatever you're going to do that day. And, and you don't think about transitioning to and from all these exercises, but we've got to actually teach, you know, you, you got to transition from one to the other with some of the athletes. So there's a lot of involvement, but one of the coolest things um, about fitness for focus is just, um, the involvement that you have seeing the big gains, you know, a lot of times you might not see tremendous gains, but seeing big gains from athletes, some athletes might come in and, and not know how to jump. And they might not know how to jump because the, they don't know what the word jump means and what, and what that motion looks like. So that's, uh, kind of some of the stuff that's, that's where we were born and kind of what's going on right now, as far as, as what we do in the gym. All right. So a, a few questions spring to mind right off the bat, and I'm sure we could probably go hours on this, but um, for the, for our listeners, most of them are going to be in the fitness world or have some type of background in fitness, uh, but the skill set can't end there. So for you, in order to serve this demographic, which, which now spans, you know, different, different diagnosis, different, you know, different um, levels of development, how much um, continuing education have you had to do? How much has it involved partnering with other people who are specialized and educated and able to, to fully be able to serve this niche that, that the business is really created for and, and evolved around? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing like, as far as continuing education and, uh, you know, training trainers, there's nothing like getting your hands dirty and getting in there and working with athletes. I mean, that's where you're going to learn, you know, even, even just training, uh, you know, typical developing individuals, you learn who people are and you have to get in there and, and, and get your hands dirty. Um, but one of the biggest things that I do now is, you know, I have, uh, four different trainers, five, if you're including Charlotte, um, that are working with athletes and, um, I'm always available to take calls, to help out with whatever's going on. A, a trainer might call and say, Hey, I can't get an individual to do a squat, you know, so we'll have to break things down. We'll, we'll talk about it if I'm able to, because not, not a right now I am in the gym in our Hershey location, um, a couple days a week. Uh, but if I'm available, I will get, get down to a trainer, um, always talking with trainers and trying to figure out how we can, uh, get through some of the hurdles that we might see with some of the athletes. 
Um, there's some there's some education online as far as classes that people can take to uh, to kind of inform them how to work with the special needs population and individual individuals with you know ind intellectual disabilities, but uh, nothing beats you know just jumping in. You know, kind of. I, I, some people come up and say, "Well, do you recommend?" You know, I I take a class. Well, yeah, class is going to help you. But if you can find somebody that will work with you, then jump in and get your hands dirty and work with them, and you'll learn very quickly. You know what you can do and what you can't do. And uh, one of the big things I think is. Um, you know, a lot of people think the demographic that we specifically serve has limitations, you know, and there might be a couple of limitations, but there's a lot more than, than, uh, than in them than, than a lot of us think, you know. Um, some parents will come in and, and uh, we're trying to even educate parents like, hey, your, your athlete can, can do a lot more than uh, you might think. And so, what we're also trying to do is we're always trying to push our trainers to push athletes and, and learn who they are and get their athletes to do more. So. So with that, with your education passed on to your trainers, your, you know, ability to point them to some continuing ed things like that. Um, you know, we hear one of the biggest problems, well, in, in every industry right now, but, you know, we're definitely not immune to it in fitness and wellness is finding trainers or finding trainable people who want to be trainers. So it's going to be exponentially tougher for you to find that. So has there been any specific background that you've, that you've found where you could dig into more people who, you know, maybe had a, a social services background or a different, you know, who are part-time trainer, or has there been any specific niche that you've been able to dig into and say, hey, these are the people who really can make the biggest impact that I can train? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll get, I'll get people that will email me and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a job, you know, are you hiring? And I'll, I'll respond to them. And a lot of times they'll say, you know, what, what qualifications are you looking for? And, and I'll just say, you know, we're looking more for individuals that know the demographic. So yeah, social, social workers or, or case workers, as we call them here in PA, I have a, a great relationship with some uh, nonprofits that are working with the demographic we serve in the area. So um, drawing from some of those different places, there's a couple uh, schools nearby that uh, serve the population we work with. Um, and I'll get some people contacting me from there like, hey, you know, interested in doing some part-time work in the evenings or whatever. Um, but the biggest thing for us is I look at the individuals that we're going to bring on board to work with athletes and say, Hey, how many years experience do you have working with the demographic we're serving? Because I can train somebody up rather quickly on our curriculums. I can, I can show them what we're going to do. Um, it's more important that they know the demographic and, uh, you know, if they have a, a trainer certification, that's definitely a plus, not necessarily required right now. I think we're probably going to require that later, later on down the road here. But obviously, if you have a trainer certification, then you obviously know the movements and you know what's going on with uh, athletes. And, and sometimes we might have athletes that come in that 
can't, uh, they might have some issues walking. They might have some type of disability with either your, their gait or legs or hips or something like that. So to know how to modify exercises is good. Um, but everybody is trained up on that. And, and, uh, the trainers, obviously they're always, you know, calling me and, and talking to me to try and figure things out. Awesome. Awesome. So we've, we've, uh, Talked a couple of times now where things are involved in, you know, the population and demographics that you specifically serve. And I'm sure that's been an evolution over time, some trial and error, some, you know, best practices. So how, how have you gotten to the point now where it seems like you're pretty dialed in on these are the people that I can help the most. These are the people I can make the, the biggest impact on how, how much of a process has it been to navigate that and figure out this is what I can do best. This is where I'm going to put my energy and not try to help everybody all the time, which almost is always a recipe for failure. Yeah. Yeah. So multiple times over the years, I've had people say, you know, um, why don't you just, you know, open up the doors to everybody? Well, there's a lot of places that are open to everybody and there's very few, if zero places when it comes to gyms, in certain areas that are specifically working with this demographic. And this demographic needs a lot more assistance sometimes. Ultimately, you know, everything right now is, you know, we, we wanna be inclusive and, and it's not that, you know, not that Fitness for Focus is not inclusive, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to get at some athletes that might not be able to handle a Golds or a New York or, or uh, Anytime Fitness because there's you know, too much going on. We're trying to get them from the point of uh, not being able to do that to eventually getting through our curriculum and getting them out the door and saying, um, you know, hey, there's a, a bigger gym down the road. You're ready to roll. Um, and what we do through that process is uh, you know, we have them go through our curriculum and we have them start creating their own list of exercises. And uh, we've done it a handful of times where we've transitioned people and said, Hey, you're ready to get to the, get to another gym. And, um, it's been, it's been pretty successful for us, but, uh, yeah, in, in central Pennsylvania, um, Yeah. Can you, uh, can you state your question again?
Yeah, in Central PA, we're, you know, we're serving the special needs population and we're going to continue to do just that uh, just because they need so much more uh, assistance. And the ultimate goal for us is to, to get them into uh, some of those other big box gyms. Understandable. So as far as the business goes, are you a for-profit organization? Are you a non-profit organization? And how did you come to the determination either way of how you were going to pursue it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're a for-profit organization. We do have a non-profit branch. Um, it's called Overcoming Obstacles. And uh, Overcoming Obstacles, actually, we do some events and we get some funding and we help families afford either fitness for focus or karate or just anything that they want to do in the local community. Um, I also have some pretty good connections with some local nonprofits that help families uh, fund and come to Fitness for Focus. But um, yeah, I, I chose to just say stay for profit because of a couple of conversations that I had early on with, uh, you know, some friends, um, some, some legal counsel. And, you know, they had just said either, either way, you know, you're going to be able to make it a success. So Got it. So from early on, was there a concern for you of, you know, when you're in general in this industry, the more specialized you are, the, the fewer people you can serve. Uh, and then prices sometimes need to be a premium over other training, over other fitness. Have you ever had any concern about the ability to monetize, to be able to generate a profit and I, it sounds like, um, you know, besides working with your own nonprofit branch or others, have there been other any other things that you've been able to do to make sure that as many people as you could possibly serve were able to afford the access to your facilities? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's tough. Affordability, uh, it, it's tough for everybody. You know, I listen to a couple other uh of, of the podcasts. And um, one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to price ourselves out of, you know, doing what we're doing. Uh, and we also don't want to, we don't want to make things too inexpensive that we're not able to pay the bills. But um, when it comes to profit and uh, making sure that we're we're able to keep the doors open. I mean, we're doing just that. And we've been doing it for, you know, 12, 13 years now. And uh, the past couple of years, you know, I think have made or broken a lot of individuals. And luckily, uh, you know, I was, man, when things first started up, I was really wondering, we went, we switched over to Zoom sessions and, um, I, I was very impressed with all the trainers. Uh, I was very, very impressed with all of the athletes that we had on board. Um, that was kind of a time for us where, where we were like, man, this is this, we're going to see what, what the athletes really learn when they are in the gym. And uh, they just took it and they ran with it. We, we, in about two weeks, two weeks time, we developed a whole new zoom curriculum uh, fitness or F for F move, we called it. And we just ran uh, sessions at home and that, I think that kind of was, was proof to me that what we're doing is working, what we're doing is right. And, and then obviously now that we're back open, uh, 
you know, we've really seen a lot of individuals, a lot of families start to get, get into the gym. Um, but when it comes to, uh, when it comes to making sure that we're making enough money to keep the doors open, uh, we're doing, doing well with that. You know, it's, uh, initially early on, it was, it was tough. I never, I, I didn't really know if it was going to work, but families, families that are in our system, the average, uh, athlete is staying for about three to four years. We have some athletes that have been in our system all 12 years. Uh, they see the importance of it. <clears throat> so we're able to retain individuals when they, when they get into the gym. So that's one of the big things. And that obviously helps. And then we'll run some promos. Um, like, you know, if you invite a friend, we'll give you and that friend a month free and uh, it's been working out, so. Excellent, excellent. So the last topic that we will we'll be able to squeeze in here is going to be, you know, how growth and expansion has gone for you and, and what it potentially might look like in the future. Uh, you know, we talked about not necessarily expanding the scope of who you serve, but locations. You went from church hall to eventually working in a, a friend's studio to your own studio to three in, in central PA. And now, you know, one in Charlotte with a, a hiccup of a worldwide pandemic in the <laughs> middle. What is, um, what is the point that you've reached? Um, where has there been a similar trigger where you've each time you've expanded from one to the next to the next and what do you see the long-term potential being for as much as, as you want to grow it? Is it, you know, 10 studios, a hundred studios, a, a franchising agreement? Have you given a lot of thought to where, you know, you can spread the, the message and the impact of FRF? Yeah. So um, I think very early on, I had a, a conversation with a very good friend and uh, you know, I think this is probably, um, there's two different, two different individuals early on. Um, Hey, what do you think the possibility of, of maybe franchising this or getting out to other locations would be? Um, and both of their responses, one, one, a real good business friend and another, uh, one of the first athletes, uh, fathers, um, both of their response was quality control. You know, can you, can you, produce quality elsewhere. And the, the awesome thing is I've gotten so many calls from everywhere across the United States over the years. Hey, love what you're doing. Would love to start one here. And I haven't necessarily jumped at that. Um, I didn't jump at it early on just because I wanted to prove what we have here in central Pennsylvania is working. And that's the idea with Charlotte, Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina's uh, opened up and and they're just now getting bad really back open after everything and we want to prove the model prove that you know this is something that families want um, and then make sure that obviously it's something that can support somebody uh, or a family you know obviously if, if people want, if they want to own a gym they want to be able to make a living at doing it and um, and I think over the next year or so, we're going to see that 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 is proven. And uh, the cool thing is, I already I have somebody up in New York, uh, up in Orange County, New York, just above uh, 
New York City, about an hour that is interested in starting one. So that might be coming here this spring. I'm going to be up there this spring doing a, a little kickoff event. And, and, and honestly, just last night, I had a, a message from a gentleman in uh, Austin, Texas, and, and said, hey, I've been following you for a while on Instagram and on Facebook. And I, he's actually from the central PA area. And, you know, his connection to Fitness for Focus there, there really isn't any, but he, he just, uh, from what I hear, got engaged and his fiance has a special needs um, brother. And so there's the, what I'm starting to see in the trend I'm starting to see when people contact us is they've got some connection to the demographic we serve already, which creates the heart and the passion to serve and to see that demographic improved. And that's what it takes. Um, I'm not saying that that's necessary, but um, I think that's what it takes. And uh, you know, in the future, I'd love to see I'd love to see Orange County get going. I I'd, I'd love to be out in Austin, you know, by the end of the year, helping uh, helping them maybe get one started. Um, as far as franchise or uh, you know a licensing agreement. I'm not too sure as of right now. I'm having those conversations. We're trying to figure that out and see what it looks like. But um, I think definitely in the future here, we're going to be adding some more locations to our website and we're going to be, you know, setting some goals to change a lot more lives in, uh, in central PA, obviously, but throughout the East coast and hopefully throughout, through, throughout the country. Awesome, man. Well, I hope that, uh, I hope that you get inundated with inquiries from our listeners that are uh, already in the fitness world. And as you say, there's, there's not usually more than one or two degrees of separation between somebody who's, who's family or friend or, or somebody in their circle would be in your demographic and they'd love to be able to help those people. You know, every, everybody in our community, fitness, health and wellness, it's the same thing over and over. Got in this to help people. Very, very infrequently do you hear someone say, I'm just here for the money. You know, yeah. it's always, hey, I got in, I get in this to help people and I'm going to figure out how to pay my bills. You know, it's usually that aspect. So uh, I hope, hope some of our listeners will reach out to you there. Uh, we're just about out of time, but before I let you go, um, anything else that you think you'd want to share with our listeners, anybody who's already in a fitness space who might want to try to find ways to be more Im impactful to a uh, community with special needs, different abilities, uh, diagnosis, anything like that resources, anywhere that, that they should get started. I know your early friends just said, Hey, get started, but any, anything more specific that you feel like you'd, you'd like to share and you wish more people knew. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've had a couple people over the past couple months come in and say, to me, they'll come in and they'll do a free session. We do free sessions for everybody and just kind of have conversations with, with people. And uh, they've said, you know, I can, I can tell right away with you when somebody come, when a new athlete comes in, you don't look at them and, and, and see any limits. And that's the biggest thing. Like you can't see limits because if you see limits, then it doesn't, it doesn't help you to set high goals. And I know everybody that that's probably listening to this knows that, but especially with the special needs population, like don't be afraid to set some ridiculous goals. We have some athletes that can't walk. We have some athletes that, you know, 
are they can't they they might come in and, and can't even walk on the treadmill uh, when they start. And now, you know, a year later, they're walking and or running on the treadmill for 30 minutes, you know, and a lot of people bring bring loved ones in and will say, well, they, you know, they can't do this, they can't do that. And I just can't has, it's not a word that that I, I, I use often, uh, and and or a word that I like, but um, if somebody comes into one of your, your places, you know, push them make them work hard. They want to work hard. They're going to work hard and don't be afraid to, to set some, some big goals for them. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously if, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, would love to talk to anybody that would like to like to chat. Fantastic, sir. And, um, for anybody out there listening, uh, if you want to, if you want to find Chris, it's fitness, the number four focus.com is the the website uh any other places where people if they want to find out more about your programs if they who knows they could be in pa or north carolina and have someone they want to refer coaches that are interested any other good places to find you yeah uh, obviously social media instagram and facebook um you know check out some of our videos check out how awesome the athletes are and, and what they're doing and uh yeah, I appreciate you guys having us on. It's been a blast. Awesome, man. Yeah, check it out. Fitness, the number four focus, social media, websites. Reach out to Chris. Help some more people. Make an impact in your community. I appreciate you being here with us today, sir. I, I Sad we're out of time, but I look forward to checking in on you in the future. Uh, thank you so much for spending some of your morning here. Yeah, Don, thank you very much. You are very welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without your listenership. Hopefully you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here today with Neil Thomas with CrossFit Meta out of Brea, California. How are we doing, Neil? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me, Jenna. Yes, absolutely. So I always uh, one like to thank my guests. Um, again, I know it's not always easy to take an hour out of our busy day, our routine, and then come on and do something like this, which is contributing back to our own industry. So thank you for that first thing. 
Oh, you're so so welcome. Good things always come out of great conversation, so I'm looking forward to it. Heck yeah, cool. Okay, so first thing, Neil, that I would love to do is lay out this, the the scene, paint the picture, if you will, uh, for the listeners to you know understand fully what got you into the industry and what's led you to where you're at right now. Great, great. <clears throat> I will try to keep this short, um, but it is a long story. Um, so uh, I'd say the biggest reason for me getting into just health and fitness, the gym industry was actually um, kind of watching my father's health deteriorate, watching him not take care of himself. I've learned more from that man than any other man. He has my utmost respect. I love my dad, um, but I got to watch him leave in ambulances twice uh, due to heart attacks, kind of stuff like that. And one of the things um, I quickly realized, and this isn't like a grudge I hold against him, against him or anything like that, but when you fail to take care of yourself, um, eventually you will fail to be able to take care of those that depend on you. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just kind of like, you know, scary moments. And I didn't even realize how much they were shaping me. Um, it's like 10 years later, you look back and go, oh, that's why I'm passionate about this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was actually working with my family, my backgrounds, uh, in business. Um, this is probably the third kind of business that I've directly started. I've helped others start theirs. And the industry we're in was basically fast food. Um, we, uh, we were connected with a couple different brands. We had restaurants from Southern California to LA and, uh, there was a couple things about it that the business was so transactional, you know, it's like you interact with people that it feels like you're never going to see again. You're just kind of like a cog in the wheel. And then just what we we're doing, the, the food itself was somewhat toxic. I'm not going to mention the brands uh, that we were associated with. And so I went from like slinging fast food to like passionately helping people find health and nutrition and basically just wanted to help people live healthy lifestyles so that they could, live to their utmost potential. Um, yep. But that's kind of what drove me to this industry. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It definitely sounds like it's very, you know, emotional based. And like you said, you don't even really realize that's the way or why you're shaped that way or you're acting in certain ways until life goes on and you're like, oh, that's oh, yeah. That's yeah, that kind of that kind of sparked a lot. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I can resonate with that on a, in a, on a lot of different ways. So, okay, cool. So, Neil, what I would love for you to now tell the listeners is the services that you offer. You know, a lot of us sure. are really familiar with the CrossFit space, but I would love to hear, you know, what you're offering, what CrossFit Met is like. Yeah, awesome. Well, <clears throat> I'd say about 70% of our business is traditional CrossFit, constantly varied functional movements performed at reasonably high levels of intensity. Um, we are a through and through CrossFit gym. Um, so we love taking people from all different groups, um, no matter where they're at. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say 20% of our business is through my uh, kind of personal training clientele. And these individuals are all over the age of 65. They all have complex kind of medical issues, whether they're cancer, cancer survivors, uh, they have bone density issues, they have severe arthritis, um, and so we basically, I basically take people that it seems like no one else is really to work with, willing to work with, or people that have been 
kind of marginalized to where it's like, wow, your body's really messed up. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do to help you. Um, so I really enjoy that. The amount of change we're able to bring, we've kind of astounded some doctors. It's been just like super fun. And then the remaining 10% is basically like retail and apparel, stuff like that. We do offer, um, uh, periodically like kids programs, but only over breaks from school and things like that. But that's what we do. Okay, cool. Gotcha. So, and just so I'm clear and the listeners are clear. So, you know, you're, you're working with a lot of people that are over the age of of 65, have some of those, Mm -hmm. um, overall physical issues that no one else is really able to like, you know, take them in, help them kind of Mm -hmm. get past those things. Now, are you also still simultaneously working with, you know, general population people that everyday gym goers that want to, whether it's my age, your age, whatever it may be. Totally. Um, For my, basically our personal training is only these advanced cases. Okay. I got you. And it's, it's, it's my personal clientele. Yeah. Um, And then the general population, we have um, everything from like 13 years old to 72 years old in our CrossFit program. Yeah, that's cool. So there's people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, but if their knees work and they don't have complex bone density issues, uh, they get to participate in our regular program. Yeah. And just my personal training is the really unique stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's, that's super interesting. So right now... Um, how many current members or clients are you serving? Sure. I'm personally serving um, seven and I try to keep it. That's about the volume that I can handle. We do a lot of work with them, um, a lot of research with them. And then our CrossFit clientele base last time I checked was about 137 members. Um, That's almost, even with like pre-pandemic levels, but we still have a little more. Uh, we were closer to 150 before all that kind of started. Okay, cool, cool, gotcha. So I always like to ask whether it's from the personal training end mm-hmm. uh, or it's from you know our group classes membership end, are we at a good place with that or are we still looking to kind of excel into the next level? Yeah, I mean, my personality type is never satisfied with anything remaining the same for too long of a period. Even if it's running incredibly smooth, I eventually get bored and I have to start something new and it's either a new business or a new product or program within our organization. But right now we've gotten to the points where things are kind of smooth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like my family just bought a house in November. We've been focusing on getting that ready and doing stuff. So like things are good, um, but there's always growth that we pursue. And anytime there's like a pause and things are running smoothly, we kind of look at the board and see how we can improve our program, how we could reach more people or what kind of services we can provide. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads me into my next thing is, you know, if we're still kind of, you know, wanting to grow, whether it's, let's just kind of stick on get seeing new faces right now, what are we actively doing to see some new faces? Yeah, so we, for some reason, so we, we were uh, forced to close on March 17th, 2020, uh, and I anticipated it was going to be a really, really long closure, and I expected it to be two months long, and in California, it was a little bit over three months before gyms were allowed uh, to basically train with their members whatsoever, outdoor or indoor, it had to be all remote. I'm sure all the California listeners and other people can relate. 
Um, but as soon as we reopened our doors, I mean, we lost 40% of our clientele, like over those three months, super grateful for the 60% that continued to support us during the closure. But we like regained a 20% when we reopened and then we just continued to grow every single week. Um, we just focused on social media. We did a beautiful kind of like outdoor training venue and just having that stuff out there on social. People saw people training hard with coaching and like a spacious outdoor, beautiful space that we randomly got access to. Um, and so we just, we actually saw easy growth. It was shocking since we reopened. I was grateful for it. Yeah. And then right, yeah, seriously. Um, and that brought us basically up to our current levels. We were focusing really hard to communicate messaging around cleanliness, safety, and then we just really took care of our members and so what we realized they were just referring people people that wanted a place to train that didn't feel comfortable or safe they're like you have to come to my gym they conducted their stuff themselves with integrity and transparency through this thing you can trust them here's all their emails mm -hmm. and so people just kept walking in and then right around november of last year when we bought our house of course um it just dried up and then we started to see some cancellation. So we've moved backwards a little bit. And uh, one of the things we used four years ago that was just simple, free, easy. We just did, uh, it's called CF for your BF. It's a little confusing. You don't have to have a boyfriend to refer somebody, but it's like CrossFit for your best friend, right? Oh, yeah. And we offer, the, we offer them a 30% discount for three consecutive months. So it's like significantly discounting membership, but basically what we would spend on marketing, we just extend that discount to the friend of the member and that motivates members to like offer this deal. And so we'll have X amount of spots, give uh, a time period for people to make those referrals. And we have to like watch the emails come in because we have to cap it at a certain point. Yeah. Um, at, at, for us <clears throat> with a 4,000 square foot facility, and it's laid out okay, but like the actual training space can get impacted. Mm -hmm. So we have to be really careful about how we stage or stagger our growth. If we have a bunch of people show up, it, it just compromises the quality of product that we're offering to our current members. Yeah. So, um, and then we, we made the offer and it was just crickets, like not a single referral. So I was like, oh, that's different. You know, the yeah, last we're not used to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like oh, that's right. People are afraid to talk to each other right now, or they've lost half their friends because they've been isolated for a year or like just things that have changed. The times are us. Right, right. It's exactly. Just, yeah. So we're, uh, and we did that, got nothing. And then we moved on to our lifestyle challenge. And so we just, we focus on serving the members right now. And then we're, we're working on, um, trying a different method to, to get another steady stream of members coming in. Um, yeah, exactly. But that's what we've tried recently. That's what, where our, our kind of recovery growth came from. Other than our social media, which we didn't even realize what we were doing. Um, but after kind of serving the members, like, that's why I came. Mm -hmm. I was just showing them there's a safe place for you. People are enjoying it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And there's two things that I want to touch on piggybacking off of what you just said. And the first one, and I say this every episode, but I'm going to say it again for someone that's new listening, is I will always edify word of mouth and referrals and like those those no matter what should always be happening happening we should have a referral system we should be tracking that stuff we should have like you you have the incentive based referral systems you know that stuff's huge um 
And it's great because like you said, your OG clients are going out and they're essentially being their, your, your salesmen, your salespeople without even realizing they're doing it, right? They're going to church, the grocery store to a friend, you know, especially at post COVID, everyone was like gung ho, let's, let's get back to the gym. I'm eager, you know, and it was like that perfect thing. Um, and plus, you know, the people that, you know, we bring in from that are usually a good culture fit. They stick around for a while. We don't have to sell them. We're just signing them up. Um, And, you know, and then you just touched on a thing here that I try to kind of showcase often on the, on the podcast is it's great, right? Like word of mouth is good, but it's uncontrollable. We can never speed it up. We can never stop it. We can never, it's like, it does its own thing. Yeah. And you touched on that in a perfect way of like, you know, there's only so much we can control. We hope we're the first thing our clients go and tell people, um, but we can't really control that. So now you're in that phase right now where it's like, um, we got to more than likely start looking at something that is on the paid end because that is the true controllable way for the generation. So um, do you have kind of like an action plan in place to, to market, um, you know, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook right now? Um, not yet. Um, it's still kind of being refined. And yeah. then I'm just trying to, like the last couple of times we did, it worked okay. So we're in the process of kind of sharpening in our pencil. We've gone back to the mm-hmm. guys that we've worked with and just seeing um, basically, we even saw kind of inconsistency and the the number of like legit leads we would get and so it was hard to kind of make it super consistent like it would be nice if we just got two new members a week like if we could say it's like rather than 12 and then one and then you know yeah yeah no I get it I get it because it's like what good is consistent lead flow or I guess just having leads if they're not qualified people that like are like what we're looking for so I, I share this on the episode often too, but I want to share with you. I have two um, tips when it comes to digital marketing, if you don't mind me Bring sharing it. with you. Cool. Please. So the first one is find an expert. And I say that and everyone's like, yeah, I, I know an expert, but here, let me correct you. I Find an expert in your industry. I don't mean the marketing agency down the road. I don't mean your sister's cousin's friend that has a marketing degree. I mean, you know, in your industry. So yeah. Um, what's huge about that is, well, two, they need to have proven success. That obviously matters. Um, but from there, what these experts are able to do that the average gym owner is not able to do is two things. They have time and they have money to research your market and figure out what's hitting the hardest right now um, on Facebook, Instagram, right? Um yeah. From there, okay, cool. Let's say you found your expert, they have proven success and they're able to you know, really hone in on what you want, what leads you want, the people you want. Second thing is ROI. If you're not at least getting a minimum of a three to one return on your ad spend, meaning putting a hundred bucks in, getting 300 bucks out, maybe even 400, it's probably not worth your time or money to keep throwing at ad spend if that's not the ROI that you're getting back. Um, in that case, it's almost equivalent to word of mouth. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not it's not consistent. It's not bringing you really much profit back. It's it's just it's not paying for itself at that point. Um, so those are my two tips when it comes to the digital marketing world. Is and if those things do not happen, most of the time, 
we, we try to go do it ourselves and then we're gun shy because we failed the first three times and we lost money from it and that doesn't feel good. Um, so yeah, those are my two tips with that. So, uh, yeah, thank, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'd love to share that one. Um, well, there's two, cause I think it's something that is good to know because there is a lot of fear around the digital marketing space because it is ever changing, right? Like it's not what it used to be. So that's why it, that, it's like this, like it's, it's ever changing. So it's important to, to find those people that can dial that in for you and get you yeah. those qualified leads. So Absolutely. Um, next thing from there that I, I do like to, to touch on is, you know, there's two ways to grow um, is by lead flow, you know, um, consistent lead flow, which is through paid advertising, seeing new faces, capacity. And then the second way is through Ascension services, which is taking your existing member and making the most out of them revenue wise, right? Because a lot, a lot of facilities don't realize the, the revenue streams that are there to be made on their existing member. They always say second money is easier than first money because they already like, know, and trust you, right? Yeah. So from there, um, are we offering anything that we're able to ascend our current member into to get them closer to the goal that we have discussed with them in the consultation to move yeah, that yeah. needle a little bit further? Yeah, so, I mean, we've done a lot of extension services um, currently. I think maybe there's only one that we're offering and this has probably been the thing that we've just kind of not focused on mostly due to like staff changes yep. uh, like my role has changed um and so like really through covid through reopening um and kind of repositioning coaches and like my highest priority has been coaching my coaches yep. um this is the first time in 10 years we've, we just celebrated our 10th year as an affiliate. So cool. And it's taken 10 years to where like, I am just running the business at this point. And um, so with new roles that coaches are playing, I've been leading them, mentoring them, shadowing them, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the extension services, I mean, we, we actually have access to like a kitchen that is directly kind of close to the front doors of our gym nice yeah and so we, we've done like basic nutrition meal prep courses so think of like the younger members that are living on their own out of college got their um adult job and they just have no idea how to portion food cook food whatever we're like okay yeah. uh here's a very simple we're going to teach you how to make two meals go buy all this ingredients, bring it to the kitchen and we cook it, portion it out. And it's, you know, it's like X amount of dollars to attend this one class. Yeah. Um, and that's really like, it's profitable, but it's smaller amounts. It really is a service to help people that struggle with meal prep mm -hmm. or to understand how to portion with macros in mind. Mm -hmm. um, we've done like one-on-one -on -one nutritional consulting and we kind of do that just by appointment and the more we offer that the more people notice it and want to do it um i've just transitioned from meeting the person that does the nutritional consulting to one of my coaches she's amazing um and so we haven't really turned the marketing or the messaging on for that yep 
Um, we do offer kind of personal training uh, for our members, but like really our goal is that our product is so exceptional. And then the way we lay out our program, um, we have one day of the week that is fully open gym, Wednesday, the entire day. And so we kind of help people refine their personal programs, things for them to work on. Um, and uh, so personal training is not something we do a lot of unless it's a complex case. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah it, it also sounds like you're dabbling in, you know, a little bit of everything. I always say one-on-ones, nutrition, supplementation, um, you know, whether it's apparel or, you know, concessions mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, those are all, you know, ways we can additionally profit um, mm -hmm. from our existing member. And, you know, you, you said something there, that's a good point. Um, is the, the more that we, we tell our people it's there, the more people that are going to opt into it. And I always, you know, I, I've had the objection, I would say before of, eh, I just don't think our, our members would want that. And it's like, well, have you asked them? I always say yeah. that because you think about it, how many times do we walk through the aisles of Walmart or wherever it's at, right? And we see something on the shelf and I'm like, and you're like, I've never seen that a day in my life until just now, but I know I need it now. Yeah. Didn't even know I needed it until right now. And that's the same thing as like our clients don't know what they need until we tell them or we show them and give them that yeah. opportunity to decide from there. So I always say, if you think of it like this way is, you know, the facilities that are not offering these things to their full potential are lacking in some element, because think of it this way, if you're just offering your glute group classes, let's say, for example, right, you're going to have members that once they kind of catch on how important nutrition is, right, they're going to naturally go out and find a nutrition coach, I would, they're going to naturally go out and they're going to go to GNC or a supplement shop and get fish oil, multivitamin, whatever, pre-workout, whatever it may be, um, or they're going to go and spend money on Lululemon and clothes they probably don't need to spend money on, um, when they could realistically be spending that with you, if we are, yeah. right, so, um, yeah. So as far as the nutrition goes, I, I wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, have we thought about offering anything that's, you know, like uh, programming, you know, with nutritional guidance, even if it's on like an online platform through like an app or accountability or anything like that? Sure. Well, I mean, we do two nutrition challenges a year, which is like the entire gym. Everyone signs up and then cool. um, me and the coach that's running it will kind of hone in what options we want to do and we've done everything um we've done kind of process-based nutrition challenges results-based nutrition challenges um you know everything from whole 30 through macros all that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh, but um Forgive me, I've just lost my train of thought. No, that's okay. Let me let me pick your brain on, <laughs> yeah, pick yeah, your on this. Yeah, I'll, spark, you. I'll spark another question here. Is um is it something we've considered doing monthly? Because you I mean you think about it this way. You and I both know how important consistency is with nutrition, probably more than even working out, right? So yep. have we thought about implementing, you know, whether let's say they do group classes and then monthly nutritional guidance, or they're doing one-on-one -on -one with monthly nutritional guidance or whatever it may be, something that is a monthly reoccurring thing, which benefits you as a business owner, but it's equally benefiting your client and getting them one step closer to that goal. Yeah. Um, realistically, the lifestyle challenges, the kind of like super introductory cooking workshops, 
and like one-on-one um, and each of those, of those plans are unique. That first meeting takes like an, like an hour to an hour and a half to understand their goals, yep. their history, kind of all that stuff. So it's more just traditional nu- nutritional counseling. Yeah. Um, but never tried something that would hit monthly um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, have you seen stuff like that or how's that work? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have, and you know, especially what a lot of people are doing right now, post COVID, I know I hate saying post COVID cause it's not like it's over, but you know what I mean? Seriously. Um, is a hybrid, a hybrid model. That's like, that's something that's been brought to the, the forefront for a lot of people because gym shut down. Everyone was forced to go to Facebook live, zoom, whatever it may be. And they found a whole new niche of, whoa, like I can really touch space with all of these people that locally cannot reach me all the time. Um, and it hits a whole new, um, demographic. We can, we can, we can hit multiple people at one time where we're, we're just us. We only have 24 hours in a day. Right. Um, so yeah, that's something I've seen a lot is, you know, you have your people, um, in person, you know, keep doing your thing there, but then online is that, um, maybe programming for the open gym day you do, right. Or maybe it's the, it's the monthly nutritional guidance. They have like a plug and play meal plan, or they have a grocery guide, or they're just checking in for the accountability. You think most of the time when people are paying you a higher ticket price, it's usually for the accountability because they're not capable to to show up for themselves. They need you to do that for them. So, you know, whether it's through an app or whatever it may be, but something that again is getting them closer to their goal, but also benefiting you on a stability standpoint as a business. Oh, yeah. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, that's something that is very much so hitting hard right now. And then, it, then it's not even, then if you decide to advertise it, right. You don't even have to just advertise it to the people that are in your gym, even though you should, but then you can reach other people. Right. So um, that's something that this, the, the market's very much so going into is that. That, on that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. 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 Accountability factor. I mean, I, I have a nutrition coach and a, you know, personal trainer, same person programs my workouts online and gives me, you know, nutritional guidance. And it's more so for the accountability. Like I've been in the fitness world for six years. I, I know what to eat. I know how to track macros. I know how to do X, Y, and Z. I just need someone to be like, Hey, do this. I'm going to check in with you weekly and make sure you're doing it. And then if you're not, we're going to talk about it and see what needs to change to get you closer to your goal. Because when people are getting results and going towards their goal, then they, they feel the value in your facility, which justifies the price that they're paying you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you like what platforms are they using as far as like, I mean, like just what apps or tools, um, yeah, and there's there's a I mean there's a quite a few and we can definitely touch on some of those and I can give you some resources for sure. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, there there's all kinds of different ways that you can essentially you know tackle something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that, but um, what I want to do here is with kind of the remainder of our time, I have a question that I like to ask everybody, so I want to get it in. Um, is if you could wave a magic wand, okay, and then poof, the business is like right where you want it to be. Um, what would that be like? And the, I don't even care if it sounds far fetched, off the wall, something that sounds five years down the road to you. What would that? What would that be? <clears throat> um, we are looking to relocate to a slightly larger facility. Mm-hmm. Some of our kind of pains we've had when we've kind of gotten to almost to where we want to be. Like our, at our current venue, there is 
kind of a capacity issue. Uh, there will be once we get to the, the volumes that we want to get to. And then kind of how we'd like to run our gym. I know we could maximize, we could probably add another 50 members, but it would be so mechanical, like to where it's like everything has to be precise. If you can't make it to this one specific time, you don't get to do CrossFit today, kind of stuff like that. Um, so we're actively looking for a new space. We would obviously be there. Our gym's equipment is already beautiful. Um, it's really organized. Um, the venue itself is dope. We have like polished concrete. Oh, nice. um, and the entryway, like this beautiful kind of, uh, it's weird. It's like most of its common materials, just wood with finishes on it, but this looks dope. So like shiny, would, pretty. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's weird. It's like, everything's touchable. Like there's nothing fancy, but it looks, it looks beautiful. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, so aesthetics are important to me. I care about everything that I own, what it looks like, not just my body or my blood work. Um, um, so the gym, I want people to know that they're coming to a place where we take everything seriously and we want, want them to know that it's a great facility. Um, I would be continuing in my role now, just running meta, um, probably have three more coaches added to our staff. And then just the things we've done before, they would just be happening regularly, well communicated, um, and things would be running smoothly. Um, yeah. The the only other kind of like it would probably be about another 120 members in our new space. But we really love how we do things. Like the vibe of our gym has been it's just phenomenal. Like uh, we're really well connected with CrossFit HQ. We know some incredible athletes that we've worked with over the years. Some famous ones. And the, the number one response we get from everyone is like, this is the most hospitable gym I've ever been to. Mm -hmm. And so we want to keep that going where people just walk in and they're like, I'm home. These people care about me. We can get through anything together. Uh, and just high levels of trust, high levels of um, kind of buy-in. So we just want to maintain that through change and growth, which yeah. from previous experience, that's extremely difficult. Maintaining, maintaining culture while that you kind of change. Mm -hmm. Um so that's, that's kind of like the five-year dream for us. Yeah. And that's, um, those are big things, right? You know, the next step as an entrepreneur ultimately is kind of the phase that you're, you're heading into, which is building out a staff, you know, moving into a bigger space, making sure everything's running, you know, like a well-oiled machine. Um, mm -hmm. you know, those are like the next step things while, you know, obviously pulling certain profit levers, I like to say, to become. Yeah more profitable because if we are more profitable we can help more people um mm -hmm. so the biggest thing for you you would say right now is like systematizing making sure everything's like ducks are in a row and building out staff right to be able to just move to that next level yeah yeah, yeah. like right right now i'm basically i've had systems in my brain yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now other people are supposed to be doing the things that i've done so creating those systems Mm -hmm. realizing I've skipped steps and getting getting the new kind of end user of those systems up to speed um, is one of the current challenges. But yeah, we want those yeah. things dialed. I just find like when, so basically if something isn't running smooth, it, it occupies a lot of my attention. Exactly. Like I notice things that are broken. I'm like, fix it, fix it, fix it. Once all these things get dialed, I get bored. 
Uh And then my creativity starts picking up. I'm like, well, this would be a good idea. That would be a good idea. But until those things are removed from my sight, it can be very difficult for me to focus on growth, new ideas, stuff like that. No, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head right there because that's the biggest thing is systematizing is so important, but it's also, again, like the same way I phrased advertising, right? It's sometimes it's that, that bandwidth that we don't have, that time that we don't have to just tweak things, mess around with things and, and waste time when we realistically want to be looking at the business at a bird's eye view and more hands-on rather than hands-in and, and systems are huge, but to be real, they're not really that fun to build out <laughs> and mess around with. They're not. No. Um, so it's, it's, we can waste a lot of time and money in the process doing it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Neil, we're, we're ending the, um, nearing the end of our time here. I would love for you to, to tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. If yeah. they're in the Brea area, come check you out. Yeah, totally. Um, we are the oldest CrossFit gym in Brea, um, almost one of the oldest gyms in North Orange County. Um, City of Brea is beautiful. Our gym is beautiful. Um, You can find our website at CrossFitMeta.com. And for the record, that was our name 10 years ago. Zuck just bit our style this last year. That was hilarious. But anyways, it's a great name. It means to go beyond something. Um, Or... uh, uh, cross of meta on Instagram. That's where we do the most of our communication. Um, yeah, that's where you can find us. All right. Awesome. Well, Neil, again, it was a pleasure having you today. It was wonderful being here. Thank you, Jenna. Yes, absolutely. And Jim Lords, I hope you guys gained some value from today's episode. If you liked what you heard today, like, and subscribe on all of your favorite listening platforms. If you want to take it a step further from there and be our next guest, please fill out the application form below. We would love to have you again, guys. It is Neil Thomas um, with CrossFit Meta out of Brea, California and Jim Lords. We will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.